This week on the Anxiety Slayer podcast, we're sharing several tips to help you balance your hormones if you're experiencing perimenopause or menopause that will help reduce anxiety and depression that can often come with these changes. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer Ananga. Hey, Shen. It's good to be with you again this week discussing a subject that I don't think we've talked about in quite some time. No, we haven't. And it's something we get asked about quite a bit. In our Facebook group, the question came in, just wondering if you could do a podcast on perimenopause, menopause, and how this hormonal imbalance can cause or reignite anxiety. So many women go through this, including me, for many years, and I wonder how to cope with it, especially through the eyes of Ayurveda. Before we dig into our conversation and answer this question, please know that it's important to talk with your healthcare provider about any symptoms that you may be experiencing and to work with them directly to develop a comprehensive treatment that addresses your needs. Today, we're just talking about what we know about managing changes from our own experiences and from Ayurvedic practices, and we'll take it from there. It's a very commonly reported thing when women go into menopause that they experience an increase in anxiety. Often it's shared that they go back to feeling how they did in their younger years with anxiety, and they may feel that they've had a spell where they've been doing okay. And then they hit this change in life and anxiety comes back around. So it's definitely a time that's worthy of exploration and extra support. Ayurveda doesn't see menopause as a disorder or something that requires treatment. It views it as a stage of life, a transition that can be supported naturally. But if we're experiencing strong symptoms, that's a sign of imbalance that can be helped with herbs, diet, and lifestyle changes. When we enter into menopause, we're transitioning into the vata stage of life. We talk about vata a lot on the podcast. The good thing about this stage of life is that it gives us an increased capacity for wisdom, insight, reflection, and contemplation. It's considered the wise woman stage of life. It's actually quite a wonderful, deep stage of life. In Vedic culture, these years are highlighted as the time for deeper spiritual practices and contemplation. But the challenge that comes with increased vata at this stage is that it can also bring up anxiety. It can increase anxiety if we've already got it, or it can provoke anxiety if we've been going through a quieter spell. And it can also cause erratic changes in the body. Vata's all about change and a little dash of chaos when it's elevated. So this is where we need to take extra care of ourselves to support our nervous system. And that's why daily calming and moving practices are so important. Thank you for that. That's a, a lot of really great information. And I love that it's referred to as the wise woman stage of life, because here we are, Ananga. <laughs> We're in the wise woman stage of life. <laughs> Come crashing into it sideways. <laughs> And personally, I can say that I was anxiety-free for a long, long, long time until uh, I started moving through these hormonal changes. And thankfully, uh, I'm one part of Anxiety Slayer and know what to do, but it was still 
a bit of a surprise and felt in the beginning like the rug was pulled out from underneath me, which is why it's so important for us to make choices and support ourselves uh, through lots of different tips that we're going to be sharing throughout the rest of the episode from diet to uh, exercise and many stress reduction techniques. We'll get started by digging right into why it's important to have a balanced and nutritious diet. You've heard this before, maybe ad nauseum, a healthy diet rich in fruits like raspberries and blueberries and vegetables like sweet potatoes and leafy greens, whole grains, lean protein, etc. can help balance hormones naturally. This is a time in your life when it's important to avoid processed food, to avoid those hydrogenated oils, sugary drinks, and alcohol, uh, which can all negatively affect hormone balance. I try to have raspberries or blueberries every single day. And now my potato drawer is full of sweet potatoes (laughs) instead of regular potatoes. And just switching things out and making choices to increase these wonderful foods in your life, these whole foods as much as possible, are going to make an incredible difference. And they're also going to support your digestion. Yeah, they're so much easier to digest, so much more suitable for us. David Frawley, one of the most renowned teachers of Ayurveda, recommends that we eat very carefully and naturally, he recommends eating as God intended foods from the earth where you know what you're eating, you know what a potato is, you know what a raspberry is, you don't need to read a label. When we're looking at taking care of our hormonal health, it's also really worth factoring in if we're taking dairy or other products that might be interfered with hormonally and then we're ingesting that. So to really look at our diet being as clean and simple as possible. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up dairy too. And I didn't even think to put it in the notes because it's something that I've stayed away from for quite some time, replacing um, cow's milk with nut milks or oat milk or even hemp milk. And how even just making a, a simple change like that can be helpful. To your hormones. Yeah, it's just worth thinking about whatever goes into what we eat goes into us. Mm-hmm. So to keep things as simple and clean as possible really makes sense. Then something we might notice during this phase of change also is that our digestion can become a bit more sluggish. So there are some recommendations in Ayurveda for that. One thing is again to eat Simply, um, if we're feeling anxious and tired and that our digestive energy is low, Ayurveda recommends eating warm, wet, and slightly oily foods, not greasy. The example would be a beautiful vegetable soup with some good quality olive oil drizzled on top. Good fats and good oils are really important at this time. So things that are easy to digest, they require uh, very little energy to process. And then a remedy Ayurveda recommends if we're feeling a bit sluggish around mealtimes, maybe our appetite's a bit lower, it just feels a bit hard going to digest our food, is to take 
a teaspoon of grated fresh ginger with a squeeze of fresh lime and a pinch of salt a few minutes before meals. And that gets the digestive fire going before we eat. I've also found that probiotics and prebiotics help with digestion as well. They're really, really good for our bellies, for our digestion and for the little communities that that are inside of our stomachs that are doing all kinds of work and need some extra support. Yeah, it's a great time to get informed and make some supportive changes. There's an Ayurvedic teacher I very much like. We're going to reference her book later as a resource for this episode, Claudia Welch, Dr. Claudia Welch. And she wrote a fantastic article about the benefits of a weak constitution. Her point being that sometimes someone might have a strong constitution, but they just don't take care of it. It's good. They're used to it being good. So they just let it run and they can get into difficulties with their health down the line by not taking careful care. But somebody with a weak constitution, she shares that she can't get away with so much with her body. I can't get away with a lot with my body. My body's a high maintenance body, but I do okay with it if I take care of it. And it keeps me on the ball of of knowing what I need to do to look after myself. So her point in that article was when we educate ourselves and we know how to take care of ourselves, we can have a really good health renaissance. We can increase our quality of health. We can increase our sense of well-being mentally and physically. And I think this time, this menopausal change of life is a fantastic opportunity to do that, to look upon it as a chance to make supportive changes that are going to help us feel better and go into this, you know, potentially deeply spiritual stage of life, feeling positive and supported and able to get the best from it. And that is possible. You can get the best from it. You hear so much online about this awful thing, right? And how it's going to turn everything upside down. And it's not that it can't. It can absolutely be challenging. But if you make choices to support your sweet body and this change and to regulate your hormones, you are going to be ahead of things more than you possibly know. And you're going to be able to manage your body changing. There's a tea that you have recommended before, Ananga for supporting digestion. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, courtesy of many Ayurvedic practitioners, it's known as CCFT, is its nickname. And it's a tea made of equal parts of cumin, coriander, and fennel seeds steeped in hot water. So you could just take a teaspoon of each, easy enough to get hold of any of those seeds, and put it in a big pot of water on the stove, let it simmer up for a few minutes, and then strain it into a flask and sip that throughout the day very good for digestion and it hydrates the body at a deeper level when we sip warm water with herbs in it than regular cold water. And I think that pucka has a tea with these three ingredients in it. Yeah, I think they do. I'm not sure if it's called cleanse, but I'm sure they do. Yeah. You mentioned dryness and this is the perfect time in life to start incorporating oil massage because whether we like it or not, our skin might be a little bit more dry than it has been in the past. And self-massage is such a loving act 
And doing so with warm oil is one of the best remedies for dryness and one of the most effective ways to calm vata and to calm your nervous system. Yeah, it's a wonderful um, self-care and remedial practice for calming the nerves. Use a good quality oil. You can find a good selection of oils on Banyan Botanicals website. And it's great for calming anxiety, soothing aches and pains, nourishing the skin. It helps with uncomfortable joints. It helps with so many things. It helps with immunity. It's a great practice. Be careful that you set yourself up not to slip. Mm -hmm. You might choose to sit on an old towel in the bottom of a shower or bath. Be very careful if you're oiling your feet not to slip. It's especially helpful for anxiety and also sleep. If we follow the oil massage up with a warm bath with magnesium salts, you could also add some ginger, powdered ginger to the bath if anxiety is high and just have this very calming, warming experience. So it's a way of taking care of ourselves. If we've got aches and pains and niggles that we're starting to notice that can come at this stage of life quite naturally, it's a good way to remedy those naturally. It's also a really good preventative measure so that we're looking after our joints and we're looking after our, our skin health. So such a simple thing, even if you only do it a couple of times a week. And uh, wonderful that it's so helpful for our nerves and anxiety as well as everything else. And then the other piece to look at is, are you moving your body? Because regular exercise, even if it's just a nice long walk, is a highly effective way to reduce anxiety and depression that can also come with perimenopause and menopause. Exercise actually helps balance hormones. And we know that it reduces stress. And you've been hearing for your, probably your whole lifetime that it improves your overall well-being. But did you know that it helps balance hormones? We recommend walking, yoga, qigong. All three are especially recommended for supporting the mind and supporting healthy bone density during menopause. And that comes with the weight-bearing kind of exercises, even if it's just a little bit of extra weight. It's important to do that. I've just added hand weights to when I'm walking on the treadmill. And they're, they're very light. They're only three pounds, but it's something. You can also put a backpack on and um, maybe, you know, put a heavy book in it or, you know, just something that weighs a little bit more. That's my weight training wherever I go. I'm like a tortoise. <laughs> There'll be my, my writing gear and all my aspirational reading. So that's my weight. And sometimes when I'm going up um, a couple of steps, you know, I can feel it. It's like, oh, there's a few extra books in the bag today. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, really, again, preemptive care because it's so easy when we come into this stage of life and we, we can feel not quite ourselves. We can feel a bit off. And then we start, you know, looking into, oh, is this a symptom of menopause? We can start doing the dreaded. Dr. Google, which I really don't recommend. And information comes to us. And then we might find that we start worrying about potential things that can come, like decreased bone density. Right. But if we're doing things like oil massage and we're taking magnesium and we've got our vitamin D levels in check and our calcium and we're walking and moving, we're taking care of our bones. We're looking after them. So that's a really good antidote 
to that kind of anxiety to feel, well, I'm being proactive and I'm looking after myself. And we know that stress can negatively affect hormonal balance. So practicing these stress reduction techniques through exercise, because that's really what we're looking at, whether that be what I already mentioned, walking, yoga, qigong. Of course, there's also breathing exercises and meditations that are going to help. That all of this contributes to reducing your stress and balancing your hormones. Ananga, do we still have the Yoga Nidra recording that we did many years ago available? Is that on our Patreon? I don't know. I was thinking about that today. Yoga Nidra is a beautiful meditative practice that is incredibly supportive for calming the nervous system. So we'll find that for you. And if we can't find it, we'll get a new one recorded. It's very much like a guided meditation, but the magic in Yoga Nidra is that even if you just sit and listen to a 20 or 30 minute session, it behaves like you just got several hours of sleep. Like that's how calming the practice is, that that a little bit of time equals a whole lot of relaxation. And I've always found that supportive. I love Yoga Nidra. Definitely helpful to, to have that guided practice where you're putting your body in that deeply relaxed state. It's recommended to do that in the late afternoon or early evening regularly to help us give our body that deep sense of relaxation, to give our body a break from generating stress hormones. Really important to remember that when we're stressed, those hormones affect everything. So anything we can do to get our stress down is helpful. And a guided practice like this is a very beautiful way to do it. If we can do it regularly, we'll really start to feel the benefit. I think the final piece here, or the final uh, suggestion I would have in regards to stress relief and, and all of these practices, is alternate nostril breathing. And this is something that I did learn from Claudia Welch in her book, Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life. It's such a great book. Glad to have it on my shelf. It's a reference tool for me. And Claudia says that a 15-minute daily practice will help balance yin and yang energy and hormones in the body. And at first, that 15 minutes might sound like a whole lot, but start with a couple of minutes and then move up to five minutes and just continue to increase your practice. Yeah, it's super easy to follow along with. And that definitely is on our Patreon, Shan. You made a beautiful recording of uh, guided alternate nostril breathing, and that's there for our patrons. I like the recommendation to start small and build up because sometimes we think 15 minutes, you know, I'm going to do this for this long and this for that long. I haven't got 15 minutes, but what happens with these practices, if we just do two or three minutes, we can still benefit, but then we start to get a taste of what it does for us. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she does a certain breathing exercise a couple of times a day. And she said, I did it for five minutes and then I just wanted to do it again. So I did. You know, it felt good. I could feel it was calming my body. And she said the next day she could notice a change. So yeah, start small. Two or three minutes is good. And then build up from there. And once we start to feel the benefit, we're going to want to do it more. It's just getting started. That's all. Ananga and I are partnering with Pure Spectrum 
And we've been testing their products now since February. We always test products before we bring them to you. And we've had really sweet results with their CBD oil as well as their pain relief salves. So if you've been thinking about CBD, interested in learning more, look at Pure Spectrum. They're committed to cultivating and crafting the highest quality hemp-derived products. And their commitment here means no shortcuts when it comes to farming, processing, formulating, and testing. This is a family farm that implements sustainable growing practices. And again, just a really great company. And you can get 15% off if you want to check out their products at PureSpectrumCBD.com. And just use the coupon code SLAYER, and there will be a link in the notes. We absolutely love these products. And speaking of natural products, I'd like to dig into some more natural supplements that you might want to look into. Again, speak with your doctor, or if you uh, work with a functional medicine practitioner or naturopath, all of these are just suggestions for you to explore. And we'll start with black cohosh. That's something I have not used that personally, but I have many friends who have used it to help with hot flashes. Sage. Sage is something, Ananga, I think both you and I both use that for hot flashes. Yeah, I've been using sage for several years. Have you found that it's been helpful? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then there's evening primrose oil, which is helpful for uh, relaxation and sleep and anxiety, as is St. John's wort, uh, which all have been known and shown to help balance hormones and to reduce the symptoms associated with perimenopause and menopause. And again, consult your healthcare provider before starting anything new. Do your own research, but there's tons of it out there. And take a peek at Claudia Welch's book, Balance Your Hormones, Balance Your Life. I think that resource is going to be quite helpful for you. Yeah, if you really want to understand from the Ayurvedic perspective, menopausal care, she's definitely the go-to. Because it's quite an in-depth subject according to our individual nature, what doshas are our constitution, what doshas might be elevated. So she gives really good, thorough advice. She's a very experienced practitioner and a good person to learn from. And it goes without saying that it's really important to get enough sleep during this time of your life. It's essential for balancing hormones and reducing anxiety. We all know this. We want to aim for seven or eight hours of sleep every night, if at all possible. Ayurveda teaches us that beyond age 50, when we are in that vata stage of life, that we're more likely to experience wakeful spells or bouts of insomnia. And this is why Ananga and I always talk about having a bedtime practice, doing everything you possibly can to create a sweet, easy way to relax into getting to bed each night. And this is why we have support by our, our, our nightside tables uh, that have um, headphones with guided relaxations, uh, nighttime rescue remedy, lavender oil, 
And of course, a book if you need to uh, to wake up and take a little break reading. Reading helps fall back asleep sometimes. We won't get into this much deeper because we, we have talked about it and we do have many episodes on sleep, but it is important, again, that you prioritize your sleep. One thing that's important to add with sleep at this stage of life with the menopausal influence is you might find your sleep patterns quite suddenly change and that you become more wakeful. And there's the classic menopausal experience where you can jump into bed and feel that you're a comfortable temperature and you're going to settle down to sleep and 30 seconds later, you're kicking the covers off. That's something I've laughed about with friends many times. I don't know how many, probably hundreds of times I've experienced that and I'm still surprised every time. (laughs) But one thing to really watch out for is that heat in the body can rush into the head at night as well as when we're awake. So we can find that we can wake up quite suddenly. We might feel uncomfortable. We might feel quite overwhelmed. We might feel a little alarmed or a lot, to be honest. We might feel quite alarmed when that heat can rush up into the head. So to be prepared for that and to address it with kindness and understanding that sometimes that's going to happen. It's over very quickly. Doesn't feel good. I have a friend that said she would feel like she was losing her mind. Mm. And then she'd say, oh, it stopped. So to know that there can be that intense rush of energy and then it just dissipates. But when that happens in the night, it can be a particularly unpleasant experience. And that's where having the things by your bed that can help, I found to be really good. Calming reading, guided practices, something to put in my ears. Sometimes when the mind wakes up with that much energy in it, it can get the wheel spinning and that can provoke a bit of anxiety. So that's when I invested in a MP3 player, which is by my bed every night, full of gentle healing practices, audio books, um, because I don't want to be stuck with my mind spinning when it would do that. Right. That for me really worked. And then to understand it can happen. It can be over quite briefly, but it can leave us a bit wakeful. So to adopt the attitude with sleep of good, better, best. Mm -hmm. Best is staying asleep. Good is being able to respond to what's happening with a relaxing practice. Then we're still resting and we stand more of a chance to get back to sleep. There's a sweet breathing practice too that you can do if you wake up in the middle of the night with a hot flash that's called the cooling breath. And that's a, another Ayurvedic breathing practice. It's a simple practice that, that cools the body, mind, and emotions. So you just kind of roll your tongue if you can and then, and then just yeah. <laughs> breathe in and out. And it really is cooling. Yeah, it works by evaporation in the same way as how a dog cools themselves down. Yeah. And so that's something that you can do. And we have a a link in our show notes as well to um, Banyan Botanicals because they have a nice blog post on how to do this practice. Yeah. It's a simple practice, but they go into it in quite some detail with any contraindications and everything you need to know about it. Two different ways of doing it. Not everyone can roll their tongue. Apparently, it's a, a genetic trait or ability. Not everyone can do it. So there's a different way to do it. I'm sitting here rolling my tongue right now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Showing off yeah. there. <laughs> but um, if you can't do that, you can put your tongue up and as if you're saying the letter L, touch the tip of your tongue to the roof of your mouth. And when you breathe in, you're cooling the underside of the tongue. So this is good anytime you feel overheated. Mm-hmm. We're always better when we've got things to do and things to try. So I recommend looking up Banyan Botanicals information on exactly how to do that and all the benefits and a couple of uh, potential cautions with different um, conditions of life just to look out for with that. And as we wrap up today, it's important to connect with others as you're moving through this life-changing experience and to know that you're not alone. You know, Ananga and I have each other to talk to about what's going on. And these books, we have several resources in our notes, good information from people like Susan Weed, uh, Dr. Claudia Welch, as well as uh, Qigong teacher Daisy Lees. We have lots of resources for you, but connect. Do not experience this, move through this alone. Listen to this podcast again. There's so much gold here. Make sure you visit the notes and just start with one thing at a time to feel better. But the more you incorporate, the better you're going to feel. Yeah. And I think having the understanding of in all stages of our life, you know, if we're a new mom, we need to be connected with other new mums and we need to be connected with older mums who've already been through that experience for guidance, for support, and for humor. Yeah, for humor, for sure. For me, the experience of menopause has brought a lot of humor. (laughs) It's quite a ride. Yeah. But really good to connect with other wholehearted women and, and share. Come share in our private Facebook group. It's always good to hear different things that work for different people as well. There will be other suggestions out there where somebody might say, oh, you know, I tried this and it really helps me. So always good to connect and share and to just understand that this is part of the journey of life and it's one best traveled with good company. Mm -hmm. And finally, I guess this could have fallen under exercise earlier, but I do think it's important to share that Qigong is so helpful. Shiatsu, acupuncture, Ananga and I have both Uh, had experiences with all three. These supportive services and practices really are an effective complementary therapy for reducing symptoms of anxiety and depression, which are associated with hormonal imbalances. I have a shiatsu session like every other month that is so helpful and a qigong practice that I'd like to do more. And so I will do more. But you made me aware of uh, a woman named uh, Daisy Lee that has a beginner program for women. And we're not affiliates or anything with Daisy, but you have the actual course. So would you talk about that a little bit, her course for women? Yeah, we're not affiliates, but I'm certainly an appreciator. I very much like how she teaches and her sessions are quite easy to follow, easy to fit into your day. I can't remember how I came across her, but I did (laughs) some years ago. And I invested in her DVDs, which I just ordered from Amazon. She has a series of practices called Radiant Lotus Women's Qigong. And 
I really recommend them. They're all different length practices, excellent guidance for Qigong. There's practices of cupping and patting down the meridians of the body, shaking the body, shaking out stagnation, stress, different practices that help with our hormonal regulation. And she talks you through it really wonderfully. So I think that's a great investment of a way to not only move your body every day, but Qigong means energy work and it works in the same way as EFT tapping works. So we're not just doing exercise, we're clearing stagnation in our body. We're taking care of areas that might need a little extra support down the line. So again, it's proactive, taking care of things nicely and turning to ourselves with kindness. And uh, she's a great teacher. We're grateful to our listener who asked this question, and it's been really good talking with you about all of this today, Ananga. Thanks so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. If you love our podcast, consider becoming a patron, and you'll get over 150 guided relaxations, tapping sessions, and Ayurvedic teachings for anxiety relief, all available to you at patreon.com. Anxiety Slayer.